Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, also known as Cheap Lazy Vegan on YouTube. And I'm Daniel, one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel. We're two friends who love to talk about the latest trending topics. So get comfortable and join us while we give our savage take on just about everything. You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash the savage podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Savage Podcast. Hey, guys. For those of you watching on video, as you can see here, we have we have upgraded from the um, hallway to the bathroom uh, <laughs> studio. To we your, are now on your bed. My bed. <laughs> We've got a new studio. We're slowly upgrading. It's, it's Rose's bed. Step by step. <laughs> You can see my whole room, people. Mm-hmm. So this is my way of keeping my room clean. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's to film here. What do you mm-hmm. think? I mean, let us know what you think of this random background. Yeah, we're just switching things up. I'm trying to always find the best way to film or the mm-hmm. best place to film. I do think this is like for me personally, this is like more comfortable. Oh, is it good? Yeah, because like sitting on like I, I liked the I figured I liked the backdrop of just the white walls, but at the same time sitting there like that, it wasn't as comfortable, uh-huh. you know. And Daniel, I realize that apparently I am a loud, loud motherfucker. You is because <laughs> see if I if you I, need another thing is you just I think I, I place the mic a little bit closer to my. To mouth. Your mouth. Yeah. Is God did you damn. test the did you check the volume? I did. You double check. Yeah, but it'd be the you similar sure? volume, pretty sure. Well everyone says that you they can't hear you <laughs> and that uh, they can hear me screaming. It's because I, <laughs> well it's because that's accurately represents life. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. You know what? Actually I was surprised because I think I just assumed that you talk loudly because mm. you talk a lot. No. <laughs> but you actually talk pretty calmly. Mm-hmm. I, I I I definitely talk with quantity not uh <laughs> not volume. volume yeah and yours is more volume and quantity <laughs> excuse so. me excuse oh, me damn. anyways we've been kicked out of a few oh. restaurants because of you excuse right? me <laughs> just kidding, that's just not kidding. true P- people this is how rumors start daniel that's very i don't true. appreciate such such rumors anyways let us know of uh your thoughts of this new background so we are officially in rose's room on her bed where, <laughs> where the magic happens <laughs> <laughs> not much magic is happening at the moment you <laughs> know I'll be sleeping there. No, <laughs> like I said, not much magic is happening. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, this is a special place, Daniel. Not many people get to sit mm-hmm. on this bed. Okay, and, and now you guys are all privy to see what Rose's room looks like. <laughs> I know because this is like a wide-angle lens. So, mm. for those of you that are just listening to the podcast, you're probably like, "What the fuck are you what, guys yeah, even saying?" These, yeah. Anyways, we're sitting on my bed as we record this podcast, mm-hmm. and. And anyways, what are we talking about today, Daniel? So today, as we had mentioned, we are going to talk about the recent David Attenborough documentary. Oh, she. A life. I think it's a life on our planet or a life I on this planet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Life on our planet, yeah. I think. Which is very like um, a very apt. No, what's the word? Apt title. A very accurate well, title. Apt. I don't know what that word is. Anyway, it's a very, (laughs) it's a very accurate title because if you think about it, David Attenborough Mm -hmm. is like a full life on this planet. Right. You know what I mean? Because basically the whole premise of the documentary was like, because he's like 94. He's 93. Well, he's 93. He was 93 when the documentary was filmed. I think he just turned 94. Yeah. He is old. He's old. He's lived almost a century. Exactly. So I think it's really accurate. Like, I think it's, it's interesting coming from his perspective, but also the fact that he's not only spent 94 years on this planet, but the nature of his job yeah. has taken him literally to every single corner of the earth for like 
the whole time. Yeah. And like dealing with wildlife and exactly. dealing with nature. As he likes to call it, the wild places. The wild, he went to the wild places. The wild places. Did you watch the documentary? I did. Oh, I watched it at my parents' house. Yeah. I did fall asleep in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. I, but I watched most of it. Mm. And um, it was, I don't know. Did you come out feeling hopeful or pessimistic? Isn't it, that's interesting <laughs> that you say that because in the beginning I felt really pessimistic <laughs> as he was going through like he was like oh this is what happened in the 1940s and 50s and then he kept going through and it was like the worse and worse and worse and I was right. just like you oh, mean like the numbers like where yeah. he showed the numbers but also just like talking about and then at the very end of his like kind of before he starts talking about the more positive stuff he's mm -hmm. like we have literally destroyed this planet and I was like <laughs> oh god oh god um, I know right So it, and, and the thing is I want to say that it made me optimistic as well. But like, I think we'll go into it in a bit more detail a little bit later. But like, I just feel like for a lot of the optimistic or the good things to happen, mm -hmm. it takes kind of the core global coordination that we've never seen before. Yes. So, and I think that's what concerns me. That is the scary part. The yeah. thing is, it is possible. That's what he was saying. The whole mm. point, if you guys haven't watched the documentary, essentially it's David Attenborough being like, um, we basically fucked shit up mm. and now we need to you know, rewind some of this damage and start really working together to fix the environment yeah. and so that we can actually survive on this planet. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, highly recommend watching it. Mm. We're going to delve into it a little bit deeper. But yeah, yeah one of the things that, um, God, what was I, what, what were we just saying? My mind just went all over the oh, place. That's him. You were just saying about how uh -huh. it was this documentary. Oh, yes. Okay. So basically... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where I stand in terms of do I find it more optimistic or, or pessimistic because it is optimistic if you think that humans on a global scale mm -hmm. can implement these changes. It's optimistic in a sense. This is how my feelings. Mm -hmm. It's optimistic in a sense that there we from what we think and what scientists think, I think yeah. we haven't yet reached that tipping point. <laughs> yeah. We're close. We're, we're goddamn close. close. We're goddamn but When did he say was the tipping point? Did he say? He didn't. I don't think he actually said, but right. he was just like, he was like, basically we're like getting really too yeah. close to a point of no return. Yeah. The thing is, is like, we keep talking about this and it, from what I've heard and other documentaries I've watched and yes. things I've seen, we haven't quite reached that point yet. So in that regards, I'm hopeful. Right. And, and a lot of people say, look, there's steps that we can do, actually. If we start mm -hmm. taking these steps, we can reverse some of the damage that we've done, which makes me feel hopeful. But then all of the actions that they mentioned to do is it requires, again, like I said before, that global level of cooperation and coordination. Yes. And that's just something like how how is that going to happen? And also it requires corporate cooperation of course which is and governments to actually implement and mm. make sure and monitor that mm. corporations are also abiding by these changes and as yeah. we always discuss on this oh, podcast God. because of a little thing called capitalism yeah it makes that very difficult yeah <sighs> God. And and then we have, you know, the deniers. Like, if everyone was on the same page, I think mm. I would be very hopeful. But when is everyone on the same page? Exactly. That's the and thing. even with this COVID situation, like, yeah. we've seen how much, like, even just something like a pandemic, which should not be a political. Yeah. But it became so political, like, mm. crazy. So, I don't know. But I think that's just that that's, you know, I think ultimately, I know this sounds really negative because I'm actually quite an optimistic person. You are. But I just think, like, <laughs> you know, eventually we're going to be our own downfall. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think so. Like it just seems that like it doesn't feel or seem like the 
the level of change that needs to mm-hmm. happen is happening. So, oh God, that's the thing. Because yeah. like they've been warning us for a long time. I mean, like long time. Yeah. And there's there's actually some points. We should start like just going. Okay, into yeah, it let's go through some points. Like, should some, I should I should I pull up the key points? Do you think there'll be key points? Um, there might be like a summary. I, I have some. I, oh, you have notes. I don't have notes, but I have my own key points in my brain. Uh, <laughs> your brain is I not like a good source look. of oh information God. that look daniel was... your brain is not a good source of information especially after the weekend of drinking oh, that's true we, oh yeah we had a nice little um, <laughs> romantic weekend no, oh my god no we went on a little date date night we did yeah and um we uh barely lasted past 10 p.m oh, yeah. <laughs> we went well the thing is we went for dinner and then we were uh, you know, we went for some drinks, but after dinner, we both felt so full mm-hmm. and we almost died. And then we couldn't even get drunk because we were so full. <laughs> and then we went home. Yeah. This is what happens when you reach the age of 32. Oh God. We had a, the most amazing dessert too. Oh. It was so good. It was like a donut yeah. with like. Uh, it was like apple, apple, spicy apple or spice, like cinnamon yeah. apple and like some like strawberry oh, I or want blueberry. It. I think that's what made us sick though. Yeah. But <laughs> I think, I think the next time like we just don't eat there and we literally we just, just go get dessert. for a bottle of wine and dessert. Yes. I'm down. That Should would we do good... tonight? Oh, no. Damn, Rose, we can't. No home girl gotta watch the, watch what I eat today. Exactly. So I've pulled up this thing that's like. Oh, oh God. God. No, I think this is this is just a summary of let's just talk and see how it goes. Okay. Rose. Well, what were your okay, well, let's discuss the main thing that a lot of vegans have a issue with with this documentary. And what's that? It be the part about sustainable fishing. Oh yes. Okay, yeah. I please tell me your thoughts. Okay. <laughs> so I was a bit okay. The thing is around cause cause it was interesting because he was saying in order for something to be sustainable earlier in the documentary, right? it has to be something that, uh, how did he say it? Do you know what it has to be? Well, it has to be something that you can um, continue to do without causing that a negative impact. It's something that oh, you okay. can like, like sustainable forestry, for example, or sustainable anything. It, it, you, you, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, what? It's okay, Daniel. Ain't no pressure. We just on my bed. Yeah, that's true. God damn. We I, just having a talk. I feel pressure when I'm on your bed. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but like, okay, well, sustainable by definition is something to be what able to main able to maintain at a certain rate or level. So that's kind of like the idea of sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like with fishing, because he was saying the whole the whole argument that he had, yes, was like, okay, he used the example of a small island. I think it was in the Philippines, Palawan. Yes, yeah, somewhere, yeah, somewhere like, and this. it's like known for its like you know. I don't know Fish. the what, what do you call it the <laughs> coral reefs. Yes, yeah. coral reefs. It's known for its reefs. It's known for people to go there and see the wildlife. And what had happened was obviously there's a negative impact because too many people were fishing, and they right. were and they were like fishing too heavily. And so the government stepped in, which is again this is something that's going to have to happen uh-huh. in order for any big change to happen. Which is uh-huh. another reason why I'm a bit pessimistic. Right. Because in this example, this small isolated example, you had to have government intervention. Yes. Because otherwise the fishers would keep fishing. Yes. So anyway, long story short, so the fishermen were coming back with less in their, in their nets and the government also was seeing that tourism was impacted. So they're like, you know what? No, we need to step in and we're going to designate um, no fish zones. Yes. So we're going to have massive areas where there's no fish. It's like a sanctuary. No, like no fishing. Yeah, sorry, yes. No fishing. So, <laughs> so you're not allowed to fish in these areas. Exactly. So there'll be big areas, right? So the government said, this is what's going to happen. And then what they found is actually because of this, all of a sudden the fishers, the fishermen that were fishing in other areas started coming back with more fish 
because the fish that were in this no fishing area were able to thrive and they weren't overfished. And then actually the population exploded and overflow of that fish came into the areas where people were allowed to fish. Right. So then they were able to come back with more, more fish. And his argument was like, if we could do this on a global scale, right. Is to designate massive areas in the ocean that are no fish zones. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, this, you know, then we'll be able to have a sustainable fishing industry because right. the no fish zone, no fishing zones, sorry, the fish will be able to thrive and everything else. And then the areas where you are allowed to fish, the, the thriving populations will overflow into it. Mm-hmm. Now, my two reasons why I think this is like not going to happen and it yeah. just can't happen. Well, number one, these no fish zones, they're not taking into consideration that a lot of fish are like migratory. So okay. they're going to have like migratory roots. So unless the whole entire right. root of where these fish are going is protected. Oh, you're so smart. God damn, I'm not God just a pretty face. You're, just, not, just you're not just a pretty face. Because you think about some of these fish, right? It's like, true. They have like a route. Exactly. They have like whatever. They have a certain thing that they follow, like exactly. an ecosystem. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So basically that's not going to work. So certain, unless. Interesting. Because in Palawan, maybe it worked in this coral reef because mm-hmm. fish were, because some types of fish, right? They stay in one area. They don't right. go around a lot. But then, right. especially like the open, open. Like ocean. The open ocean fish they migrate a lot yeah they move a they lot they go everywhere and then some right. of the, some of them come in like the salmon for example they come into land swim up a river right they go lay their eggs in every uh in certain areas so like that won't work because of that reason mm-hmm. and then the biggest reason why i think that we'll never ever ever be able to have <laughs> sustainable fishing is because the whole idea of sustainable fishing is you if you have this constant demand of yes. fish that's too high Exactly. You're never going to be able to sustainably fish unless the people that are eating fish, again, severely reduce yeah. the amount of fish. It's just never going to work. Yeah. And also the third reason, sorry. <laughs> and then Rosie, I want you to no, come No, no, you, you go. Keep the going. The third reason, like I think, is again, you have to have government cooperation globally to designate no fish areas. Then you also have to, somebody has to fund people to go monitor those areas to make sure people aren't fishing. Yeah, which is very hard to do on a global scale. Exactly. So like, who's going to pay for it? Who's going to, who's going to do this? Who's going to, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to police that area? You know, it's so many. And, and who's going to be allowed in the, like, isn't it going to overpopulate the fish fishing areas as mm-hmm. well? So if you're a fisherman and like, let's say like, I don't know, 50% of wherever you're used to fishing is no longer is shut down, then wouldn't you just like go to the fishing areas only? And exactly. then just like, and then there's going to be a huge amount of fishermen there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't think it can work. You know, I really... Well, and like, it's, it's just, this is why I have, this is my problem. I, I don't want to like knock the documentary at all because I think that it overall, it had mm. a very good message. Yeah. And I do think, is it getting really dark in here? Daniel, it should is, we yeah. turn on the light we over should. there? Oh, I don't know if people want <clears> to see my face. I want to see your face. No, over there, Daniel, my bedroom light. <laughs> it is get Ooh. Oh my God. I need to, guys, I apologize for this lighting issue. One second. We were trying to work out this lot. Anyways, I mean, it's a podcast. Okay, deal with it. <laughs> Most people are listening. Like, Most not people are watching. just listening, yeah. not watching. If you're watching, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, what was I saying? You were saying about how... Oh, um, the doc- so the, yeah. the problem with documentaries like this, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio also made a documentary like a few years ago that was like, I can't remember what it was oh called. Oh my God, yes. But it was about environment. Change, yeah. It was about climate change. And he made something like a very similar type of wishy-washy argument when it comes to plant-based eating. Like yeah. it wasn't... Like, I just need someone to just fucking like, and the thing is, he said it like mm. David Attenborough did say like, oh, if we all switch to a plant based diet, mm-hmm. we can like how whatever he said that we can like decrease the land use by like 50 percent or yeah. something. So he said that. But then in the same breath, of course, we, we're going to have to. Of course, we just have to talk about the fishing. Sustainable fishing. Yeah, yeah. because According we to- see and 
according to whatever um, the opinions are. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it is actually potentially, I mean, maybe I'm biased because obviously I, I'm vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want fishing to continue anyway if it's uh, if it's not necessary. Yeah. But you're right. It's it's definitely, it's, it's going to be um, abused. I, yeah. I do think it is going to be abused. And... Um, and like what fish, uh, fish feel pain, bro. God, God damn. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like we just think that fish are just, they're not worthy of any of our, mm. you know, empathy. And they feel pain. There's a lot of suffering that goes into the fishing industry. Yeah. That's just something that people just always are afraid to discuss. But that's something that we should take into consideration as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even within the sustainable argument, it's yeah. like, I just kind of want someone to just be like, yo, man, mm-hmm. we got to we gotta fucking change everything. But like to your, to, yeah, to your point, uh-huh. this is the part of the reason why I was like, I like this documentary yeah. as well, is because you're right. There's, there has been other documentaries in the past uh-huh. whereby, god damn. Sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to change. Okay, hold on, hold on. We're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, god damn, where's my train of thought going? We're talking about documentaries. Oh, yeah, there's been so many other documentaries I've seen, yeah. like the Leonardo DiCaprio one, which I did see years, I think it was a couple, yeah. of, quite a few years ago. Yeah, it was a few years ago. Um, That kind of touched on it, but not really. Like, they kind of, like, brushed yeah. over it. Whereas I do feel like, okay, disregard, not disregard, but, like, <laughs> let's just, like, put the sustainable fishing argument to the side. Right. Um, but, like, the fact that part of the reason why I really like this documentary is the fact that David Attenborough brings it up, but it also I really like the kind of argument that he brought up with it. Uh-huh. And which I've, I've thought of this before, but I just thought it was a really great way to put it. So he was like talking about, for example, the African Savannah. Okay. Right. And you see a like picture of this beautiful cheetah and stuff. And he was like, look in nature. Mm-hmm. He's like, typically in nature, like you're only going to see very few, very small number of these apex predators. Right. Of like lions, cheetahs, all of this stuff. And for each apex predator like a cheetah or a lion it takes you know a hundred or 150 mm-hmm. herbivores to support that and for 100 and 150 herbivores you need so much land to support right. all of those so he said by eating a burger or by doing this stuff we're unconsciously demanding that amount of land mm-hmm. so that's why the whole argument when he said you know if we all went to or you know ate primarily plant-based yeah the amount of land that we were demanding for our food would essentially, you know, half, if not more, less than half. Right. Um, So I just thought that was a really, really great way of like... That is a very good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many people are like, oh, you know, there's just... uh, I I feel like there's just no... You can't argue that because it's true. Yeah. It's right? true. Like if you well, that's why in nature, well, that's the thing. People always like to make the nature argument when yeah. it comes to like eating meat or something. They're like, oh, it's natural. I'm like, mm-hmm. actually, it's not. Yeah. And not in the numbers that we eat meat and not, yeah. especially with the current population, mm. how how large it is, the yeah. human population. It doesn't make sense that we are like living and eating a diet uh, predominantly with a lot of meat. Yeah. Well, and that this is the thing he said as well to, to continue on mm-hmm. that as well. He was like, look, you know, you can't talk about one apex predator for so many of these animals yeah. demanding all of this land. And then he's like, the world just does not have the resources or the land to support 8 billion meat eaters. Yeah. It just doesn't. That's crazy. So when you look at the population, like we're heading towards 8 billion mm-hmm. people on the planet and he's and he was like, and you know, fair dues. He's like, every time you're eating meat, you're demanding again that huge amount of land, right? To support. It. And yeah, maybe people might say, oh, well, you know, they're in factory farms and everything, which is really, really sad on its yeah. own. But each of those that cattle or those animals that are in those factory farms, you still need to grow all the food exactly. to feed them. Exactly. So either way, you're still demanding a massive amount of yeah. land. You're using so many resources. Yeah. Just so you can eat, you know, these animal products, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, I don't know. It's fucked up. But this is what this is what made me like, you know, we were talking about being optimistic versus mm-hmm. pessimistic. Yeah. And this is what made me feel in one way I was like optimistic. I was like, well, if it, if this did happen. Yeah. You know, then and we like like how amazing would it be if everyone all of a sudden was like woke up to this? Yeah. And they were like, actually, you know what? I am going to like severely cut back on my my meat intake, everything mm-hmm. else. And it what happened on a global scale to the point where we could take back 50 percent of the land that we've been using. Yeah. And we could start seeing some of these changes happen. I mean, it would be amazing. But the pessimist, the pessimistic part of my heart, where gets me really sad is the fact that I don't ever see this happening, unfortunately. And I know that's oh a really, God. I know that's a really negative oh thing God. to say. And I don't want to like, no, bring, just be honest. Yeah. I just, I just don't see it because you know, this way of eating and this, it's just like been ingrained into our cultures, into mm-hmm. our, and it's just like, nobody seems to be, well, there's not nobody. That's a It's lie. growing. It is yes. growing. Yeah, it but, is growing. But not, not on the scale enough. that we would like. Exactly. It's not fast enough. Yes. Right. So, and I think that's the, the, the issue is we're, we're creeping quite quickly to what scientists are saying is this breaking point of no return. Right. And yes, we're having increased people becoming aware of this, starting to become like vegan or plant, more plant-based. And it's like, you're just, it's not happening fast enough. It's not fast enough. And, and then we see in countries, for example, like China that are now, you know, more recently become mm, very developed mm, and the meat consumption in those countries have gone up. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I don't, don't quote me on that. But I think as the middle class has been growing. Exactly. Has, yeah. So countries where traditionally maybe meat wasn't so heavy, mm-hmm. like in Asia, for example, like even in Korea, people did not eat a lot of meat mm-hmm. back in my parents' day and well, age. They couldn't afford because it. they couldn't. Exactly. Yeah. But now, now, everyone eats so much meat mm-hmm. it's all over the place and it's almost a sign in certain countries of prosperity of being mm, rich exactly. so even though like we can do our best i mean god it's <laughs> i don't know what is like if we do our best mm. we don't know we can't control what other people are doing this is the thing it's a net zero i keep calling oh, this god. Net, net, some uh, some what does that mean a zero sum game so a zero sum game means basically like if if you were like saving, let's say, pretend, uh-huh, uh-huh. you put $10 into savings, but I, for some reason, had access to your savings and I took that $10 out. Right. Zero sum game. <laughs> oh God, is that what it is? No, actually, I don't know if it's exactly like this, but yeah. anyway, it's like... Like there's a finite... It, oh, wait, what does it mean? Let me Google this. Yeah. Because I, I I hear it being used all the I time. I know, and I think maybe I'm using it incorrectly. I, there's so many terms that I'm like, I feel like I'm using this wrong. <laughs> a, a zero sum game means it's just like you're not achieving anything. It's like taking one is that step... that what it means? One step forward, one step back. It's like... Okay, so in game theory and economic theory, a zero-sum game is a mathematical representation of a situation in which each participant's gain or loss of utility is exactly balanced by the losses or gains of the utility of the other participants. Good job, exactly. Daniel. Yeah, I know something. I told you, Daniel would be smart today, only today. Hey, only today. <laughs> Well, thanks for that, Rose. I feel um, like, why am I so light and you are so dark? I think like, this just, is not, <laughs> like, there is something wrong with this lighting situation. I think it's just that. There we I go. Don't know what That's it's a doing. little better. Anyways. Um, so. Yeah. So, some, so, and another way you could look at this sounds uh-huh, zero game. Uh-huh. So, you talked about, uh, about like, you know, us, for example, being vegan mm-hmm. and then other people, you know, as we're having a growing vegan movement, we're also having a growing movement in some countries right. whereby middle class is growing and they're able to afford more meat. So, they're buying more right. meat. Right. Um, but another example of this could be with like renewable energy. It could be with recycling tons uh-huh. of stuff. So for example, like one country could come up with this great way to like take plastic out of the ocean. Yeah. But that doesn't matter if another country is just dumping it in. Yeah. So this is what I mean again when I say about the whole, I'm optimistic. So I'm like, we're, we're, there are people coming up with these cool inventions to like remove plastics out of the uh-huh. water. And you know, we're going, we're, we are moving forward with like a lot of renewable energies. 
But at the same time, until you have a global cooperation, yeah, doesn't matter because you could take as much plastic out. But if you have other countries that are dumping even more yeah. in, it's it's a zero sum game. Oh God damn! Well, now we know how to use it. Damn! <laughs> I knew the whole oh, time. God, God. Okay, Daniel, you gonna cut that part out? <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess i guess that's okay well but the one thing that here's the thing Mm -hmm. again there is there's hope if we have hope in humanity the problem is that we don't have hope in humanity there's hope that Mm -hmm. for example the one thing that i found very interesting was so he starts off the documentary in Mm -hmm. chernobyl yeah and he's like in you know one of the buildings in chernobyl which clearly there's no nobody there and yeah. he explains that like um like 30 something years ago or somewhere along those lines uh you know the whole thing happened the nuclear was it the nuclear it was plant, like a nuclear plant or it something. like exploded yeah. and therefore everyone had to leave and therefore this place has been deserted mm. for like no humans have lived there for the last like however many years like yeah. 30 years and what i found very interesting was that at the end he goes back to chernobyl and it shows the amount of wildlife that has grown mm. in chernobyl yeah. which i did not know because i thought it was just all Dead zone. yeah because it's yeah. like radiation i yeah, thought yeah, like yeah. radiation kills everything but i guess like um maybe even if humans can't live there like plants can still survive mm. and um i think he said like over the last like 20 something years like things have started growing and like yeah like in- incredibly so like wildlife there was like wild horses and mm. like just random wild animals mm. in chernobyl because humans were not there exactly. to destroy what was there this is what i mean this is why it's sad for our because it's like saying okay well are we, we just gonna to, we we're need gonna to go. die out <laughs> okay we're like we need to go as human species oh right but i i just think is like, that what it means basically because i mean otherwise because if we can never agree on anything as a, oh, as a global God. and i'm talking about globally right yeah, yeah we yeah. can never agree on anything we can there's i just feel like and i'm really sorry guys if i'm coming off really negative <laughs> but like this is the way i feel i'm like if we can't come to yeah. a global consensus and which this issue of global warming and all of this climate change has been going uh-huh. on and people have been talking about it for like my entire lifetime almost yeah yeah, yeah. so 32 years right and we're still no better we're actually worse That's than true. we were 30 years ago yeah. And we've and there's been people talking about it this whole time. I think people are maybe starting to wake up to it more now, but it's not like in the 90s there wasn't that whole like I remember I think it was was it Al Gore or something. Yeah, he, inconvenient truth. Inconvenient truth. I mean, this stuff has not it's not new. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why like I'm like we haven't come anywhere in 32 years. Well, maybe we have, but a little bit, but like yeah. overall we're still, you know, Yeah. we're not making progress. Do you think something catastrophic will happen and then we'll maybe do something? Yeah. Like for example, like obviously catastrophic yes. things have been happening. Yeah. But unfortunately, a lot of that has been happening to countries like poorer countries, third world, yeah, third world con- or developing countries developing, yeah, so. that that we unfortunately, uh, as in the developed world, don't pay that much attention to. Yeah. And so we don't see it as like it's like a direct threat, even mm. though we're doing all this damage and we're doing all this stuff. Yeah. So I feel like in order for us to maybe even wake up, it. It ha- something catastrophic almost has to happen to a developed country, hundred percent, like I, the I U.S. or something. Well, it's because it's that whole idea of like out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Like think about a lot of stuff. So you know, like the, the importance of recycling, trying to reduce how much garbage that we are. Mm-hmm. This is just one little example. Well. I think that people would do that more if the garbage dump was right next to their house. Right. Do you know what I mean? Then right. they'd actually have that like feeling like, oh my God, I actually don't, you know, that this is getting out of uh-huh. control. Whereas if you can't see it, it's away from you. It's happening in developing mm-hmm. countries. Yeah. You're kind of like, well, what's the big deal? Yeah. 
you know because oh, you don't see the damage it's not happening directly to you and i know in some areas it's started to like we have the wildfires in california that have been increasing right. in but then frequency people are still in denial yeah this is the crazy thing like this is why i'm so pessimistic ah! there's so many people still and and david amber actually brought up a really good point in his documentary that i didn't know about but it yeah. actually makes sense um when he was talking about you know with with the whole global warming and how we've been burning fossil fuels right and he talked about how up until the 90s roughly the 90s mm-hmm. we've been sheltered a bit by it because what had happened is i guess the oceans were like um absorbing some of that heat oh you know like they were kind of like and that's why the ocean temperature has been rising coral oh, reefs have okay. been dying so it's been uh not mitigating but it's been making it less impactful uh-huh. you know because they've been kind of like uh-huh. Taking the brunt of that. Oh god damn! Am I too far from my face? Like <laughs> yes, you be your mic. This this be why they can't hear you, Daniel. Okay, damn, Rose. They gotta turn up the mic when you be talking. Um, but yeah. So oh god, it's just and then with the also we have like this natural layer of ice at the bottom and the top, right? Which is going. So which once is gonna, that's gone, we're exactly we're doomed. Which which again. Everything that we're doing, it's like it's like a domino effect almost mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's like we're chopping down the forest, right? At a really fast rate to clear land. Right. By doing that, you're increasing carbon because the trees aren't converting it to oxygen, right? Yeah. So it's making the problem worse, the global right. warming worse. The heat of the of the whole world is getting more, so then the ice caps are melting, which Which it, will create Exactly. Oh shit. Which is like our natural global AC. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when that starts melting, uh-huh. it's like now it's going to get hotter faster. Yeah. So it's like almost like these are accelerating problems. Uh-huh. Oh, <gasps> God. So <laughs> so we've realized that uh, we are pessimistic about the future. I wish, guys, I wish I could be mm-hmm. optimistic. Honestly, like I wish that there was some like success stories whereby actually, you know, we've started reclaiming land and uh-huh. actually we're, but it's not happening. Like we're not, right. we're not really doing any of that it's just getting worse to be honest every time i hear about it it's worse than what it was 10 years ago what is the solution like continuously just talking about it and because the problem is i think also it's it's the leadership of the world that we don't trust as well because obviously like we always talk about you know governments are corrupt Mm -hmm. you know uh, corporations are doing whatever they want because they're paying the governments and this is happening everywhere so we have leaders like even even the president um like of brazil um is he the president or the do they have a prime minister i I don't know bolsonaro is a president i I think he's i I don't know anyway bolsonaro is like like a brazilian trump but maybe even more extreme yeah and like he's like in denial that any of this is anything yeah it's crazy even though like shit's on fire like like legit legit like literally on fire Um, so it's like oh god well basically like we just can't keep going the way that we're Uh going like ultimately another thing that i took away from this documentary is like we're we are damaging the earth at an accelerated pace yeah so like you know shit is gonna start hitting the fan Mm -hmm. unless we make change and it doesn't seem i I feel like there's not enough change that's being made right now and so shit is gonna hit the fan yeah and i think you're right until some of the developed nations and other areas are starting to really feel the impact of this and it's still it's until it starts hitting places like everywhere like mm-hmm. even look at our city like how many people are like very conservative very mm-hmm. like until all of a sudden shit start hitting calgary yeah people are going to be like oh it's happening over there like what's yeah. the big deal you know and s- as soon as it starts hitting home then people might and even then even when it starts hitting home people might not take action still yeah you know that's what's like kind of like depressing oh god <laughs> oh god what are we gonna do well okay the problem is 
is that all right folks we had a little technical issue technical difficulty daniel freaked out for a good moment and i kept telling him it'd be fine it'd be all right we're gonna get it through we're gonna get through this we're gonna get it through (laughs) we're gonna get through this okay we're gonna fix this issue and we did we come out on the other side Mm -hmm. you you stress very easily daniel i did not know that no i don't actually i did know that 100 percent. well it's because i'm working with you no daniel's just a very (laughs) stressed out individual you'd be surprised at how stressed out of an individual daniel is actually do you think so you are a very stressed out individual yes you are. Anyways, on that happy <laughs> note, what were you saying? This is not a you problem. This oh, is yes. A this is not a you problem. <laughs> this is a we problem. As in this world, be fucked, I man. Know. And like, the thing is, if you have children, mm-hmm. so it's not even like, I understand that people can be greedy and selfish, but like, this should also be a selfish issue, right? Yeah. It's like every single one of us, for our own best interest, we, w- we should be looking out for our best interest, mm. which is, you know, protecting this earth. But I guess a lot of people's arguments is like, you know, especially the really selfish people, they're not around for that long. So they're like, you know what? I'm just going to do what whatever the fuck I want. what about the grandkids? They're that selfish? They don't care about the grandkids? I don't know. God damn, Rose. There'd be crazy people out there, okay? Why you be making kids if you don't care about them? This is true. Well, <laughs> and I, this is it's funny because like... They, uh, David Attenborough to go David back David Attenborough are we the, talking about David yeah to go back to the documentary he did bring up another <laughs> another very interesting point oh, are you going to talk about the human population well that was going to be my next one but not, not right okay, away wh- which point would you like to discuss well because we're talking about the future and you know thinking about our future and he said it's funny uh-huh. that a lot of our pension funds for example uh-huh. or like investments are invested in the very things like oil and gas companies and like things where It'll destroy our planet. Exactly. See, this is the thing. Like, should we talk about pensions? Not oh. pensions, investments. Oh, God damn. <laughs> so recently I've been looking into investments. Oh, God damn. Which as a 32-year-old child, I have <laughs> not, <laughs> I, I'm very bad with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at saving. Yeah. But uh, you are very good at that. <laughs> investments, I just had no interest, you know. Mm. But anyways, I've been looking into it. Yeah. But like, it's, that's the thing. It's like a, it's just like a little game of numbers. Mm. But if you actually think about it, if you just invest in like, a, let's say like a mutual fund or something mm. and you're putting money into like a giant group of corporations, how, like, do you even know where your money is going? No. You know what I mean? It's like, are you going to do it? Like, that's why I was like, I was actually trying to look for like more sustainable type of investments but rather yeah, than just whatever. Yeah. ESG investing. Yes. Whatever. Yes. Mm. Environmental. Sustainable. Social. Yeah. Environmental. Social. I don't know. Yeah. But yes. So that's another thing. But it's like half the time because we're just on autopilot and doing things. Yeah. We don't even realize. We just think, oh, we just need to invest money so that we get, you know, a we, return. A return. And then yeah. we also, you know, have a little bit of a future, you know, some money in our future. Mm. But then it's like, are we putting our money into places that we don't even want to put in? This is the thing. Mm-hmm. So that was the argument that David Ambrose said. He's like, it's interesting because, you know, people are investing yeah. in these these funds and whatever else. And, you know, the thing is, at the end of the day, like, it's inter- it's funny if someone's like really young investing in like, you know, certain companies that are actually doing a lot of harm. Right. So then he's like, well, what's the point of investing for a future if you're literally oh. con- contributing to the things that are destroying your future? Right. You know what I mean? So it, w- it was an interesting, because I never thought about it that way either. Yeah. But it is an in- very interesting point. And I think that is why you're seeing a lot more, they call it ESG investing. You're seeing a lot more mm-hmm. companies offering that. But I think, again, you probably have to do some digging to find yeah. out if it is actually... It's like, you are know, you... What is? There's like a term, it's like greenwashing yeah, or greenwashing, something, yeah, where companies will just pretend that they're like really environmentally yeah. friendly. They'll be like, we have all these great environmental uh-huh. policies. And really, it's like, no. 
Oh, God damn. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another thing. That's the thing. It's like so much of it falls on the consumer as well, mm-hmm. which is another problem is that most of us don't have time to do our research and, you know, make sure that we're doing, you know, all of the things that we can do yeah. to be, you know, ethical and environmentally conscious and all mm-hmm. of those things. And we should be able in a perfect world, we should be able to rely on, you know, agencies like governments mm-hmm. to, you know, look out for our best interests and the best interests of this yeah. planet. Yet we have to almost fight to we have to try so hard to be con- environmentally conscious yeah. to be living an ethical lifestyle because everything else is not yeah but if it, you just live you're just doing so much harm just because of the world that has been created for us mm-hmm. by the system that we're in oh god damn be all about the system but you're right like the thing is that's the unfortunate thing and that's again my pessimistic view is yeah we're in a perfect world the governments would be, you know, you could rely on them and they, cause they're elected by people. Right. So that's yes. like their representation of what we as a society quote on quote. Exactly. And in a perfect world, they would put regulations and things in place to benefit all of society as a whole. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we talked about the corruption and everything else and these big corporations doing whatever the fuck they want. It's just not happening. And maybe it's starting to happen. There's starting to be more legislation put in place, Yeah, but it's just not happening fast enough. Yeah. So should we go to Mars? Oh, <laughs> wasn't there a thing where you could like go to mars they're like they're like there was like talks about it like a space and voyage yeah and they like got people to apply yeah and a lot of people applied i, I don't remember this but wasn't it like super expensive i well i think they i don't know if it was ex- i'm sure mm. maybe it was but i think like you were sent there to like live oh but right? it, never, it never kicked off i guess not Well, because they said that mars apparently in, in our solar system that we know of mm-hmm. apparently mars is the only other planet that has like water on it or right. something or like some form of like water that you could maybe extract right. or whatever. I don't know. Um, well, we can't destroy Mars too. I mean, oh, good. Oh God. Damn. Earth wasn't Mar- enough. We're going to Mars now. We're going to destroy that. We're like, we're like a little growing cancer oh in the universe. God. Oh my God. We are. Because you know, actually it's funny. Oh, I can't remember. I saw this, <laughs> but they were like, I remember seeing this like quote somewhere or something. They uh-huh. were like, they were like, you know, um, humans are like parasites. Cause we're the only other, living being that destroys the host that we're on. Oh God. Which is the planet. Cause it's so true. Cause every other animal exists within an ecosystem. And even David Ambrose said like when, for example, populate, there's a population controls in place. So again, this is like another issue, but like, for example, if there's like this type of bird that thrives on a certain nut or something. And all of a sudden there's not that many predators. The bird population explodes, but there's only so many nut, the, mm-hmm. these like nuts that it eats. So actually that, in turn, is a, pop- self, a form of population control. Right. So their population can never get too big because there's not enough food to sustain them. Right. But so we've artificially created... Exactly. And we've artificially, like, we've removed all of our predators or yes. we, we've sheltered ourselves from our predators in a sense. Yeah. And, like, we've created this... Yeah, we've just created no limits on them. And that's why the population has grown so much because there's right. nothing... There's no... Um, Natural selection. Exactly. And there's no uh, point of where it's, like there's no more resources to sustain. Well, I mean, there will be, we're going to hit it. Yeah. Eventually there's going to be no more resources to sustain us. Yeah. Um, but that's why the population's grown so fast. And he's saying it's like, we're on track to hit like in like by 2050, 11 billion people I know. or something. It's insane. Crazy. It's insane. And what's going to happen then? <laughs> I mean, there's going to be some, there is going to, and that's going to be in our lifetimes. Oh God damn, Daniel. I'd be scared. I don't know what going to happen. That's like, we're only going to be in our fifties when that happens. Rose. What's going to happen? gonna be a scary there's gonna be a class warfare oh god i think i think that there's gonna be there is gonna be issues around more natural resources like water is gonna be a big one things like that like it's gonna get messy it's gonna be scary it's gonna be is it gonna be like snow pier so we'd be stuck on a train yeah 
because outside I'd be too fucked up to live. Have you guys seen that movie? It's called Snowpiercer. It's on Netflix. Is mm-hmm. it on Netflix? No, no, the movie's not on Netflix. No, it was. I guess they got rid oh, of they it. Must have, it yeah. used to be on Netflix. Yeah, because I no, because I searched it after you told me. Because you're like, right. Daniel, watch Snowpiercer. So I like looked, and there is Snowpiercer, but it's actually like a series. Yeah. So they recently came out with a series. Mm. The movie came out, I think, a few years ago. Mm. And essentially, if you don't know what it is, it's basically this dystopian uh, world future, a, dystopian yeah. future, yeah. where there is this train that basically has the entire world's population in it, yeah. which is not that many people because everyone else died out, I think. Yeah. yeah. So then this train just kind of keeps going around the world mm-hmm. because outside is apparently inhabitable. Is yeah. That, it's inhabitable. Yeah. Inhabitable. In- <laughs> Inhabitable. <laughs> Inhabitable. 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 Yeah. Uh, people can't live outside. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so because of that, everyone mm. is on this train, and it's really like interesting because within the train there are different class systems as yeah. well. So then, in the back of the train, we have you know the the third class. Yeah. You know, people that are really poor and they live in like shitty conditions mm-hmm. and they get abused and all that stuff. Yeah. And then the front of the train is like first the class. first class, like super rich people. Mm-hmm. It's really really interesting. It's by the same director as Parasite. Yeah. So highly recommend. Although it's kind of disturbing. But I haven't seen the movie, but I'm going to oh, watch God it damn. at some point. Oh god. Damn. The series on Netflix was really good too. It's yeah. It's very similar oh, you watch, concept. You watch the whole thing. Yeah, I watched okay. the whole series oh, on god Netflix. Damn. It was is it Hollywood? Uh, it's a bit Hollywood. Is, is there is there Koreans? No. Oh god damn. Well, actually, there might be, but it's not like oh, god damn. You know. Yeah, it's like I yeah. think it was a Hollywood version, like a TV Hollywood yeah, version. It was like a TV series, but it's the exact same concept, right? And the whole idea of like they grow things on this train, and there's different cars mm-hmm. for different things, and you know, um, I don't know. It's it is really really interesting. Is that our future, Daniel? And who knows? I mean, <laughs> the way that we're going, it's like we're going down this like path of destruction. Uh huh. And like eventually something's gonna break. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's gonna like really crazy shit is gonna happen. I know. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know what it's gonna be, but it's kinda like I feel like we as humans, we seem to love this like, you know, this <laughs> thrill ride of like trying to break things because yeah. another thing is like we talk about capitalism as well. Uh-huh. But eventually that's gonna hit a breaking point. Well, that's that's the whole. This is the reason. This is the problem. Capitalism is the issue. That's why we're at this mess of a situation. God damn. Right. That's why, because of such exponential growth over the yeah. last few years, because of this system mm-hmm. where we are constantly producing more and more and more and more, and growing and growing, and which growing. is why factory farms began. You know, they became a thing. Yeah. And that created a huge mess of problems. Not True. just even talking about the animal rights issue, but yeah. just environmentally in general. Yeah. And then just the overproduction of everything that Mm. is because of capitalism. And then, of course, people say, well, because of capitalism, you know, we were able to create, you know, lots of there's a lot of innovation, which is true. But like, at what point do we realize like it's it's not worth it? Like Mm -hmm. the pros no longer outweigh the cons. Exactly. And is there a way that we could like, you know, again, exist on this planet whereby we can still have these like cool innovations Mm -hmm. and stuff? but not at such a huge cost to the environment. Mm-hmm. Like there must be a way like, but yeah. again, I think it takes this level of global coordination. That's just, we're never, we're God, not going to see it. The, we are like, honestly, the longer I live, I realize we are the dumbest, smartest people. Like we are the dumbest, yeah. in, most intelligent species on this planet. But this is it. Like we are, we're so dumb, even though we're so smart, yeah. but that makes us even more dumb because it's like, if we are capable of having these discussions mm. and actually understanding the consequences, yet we seem to keep going further and further away from the solution. Yeah. Are we not the dumbest species alive? 
I would have to say yes. <laughs> I mean, again, like we are literally like a, like a cancer. Oh, God we're, damn. we're slowly killing the planet. And I mean, that's just the fact of it. Like, I don't care what people say and people can try to deny this left, mm-hmm. right and center, but we are killing the planet. Yeah. Like, and we're, we all, we're all contributing to it too. Exactly. That's the thing. So we all As are. consumers. Exactly. All of us. So we complain about the environment, yet we all contribute. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do, Daniel? I don't know. It never going to end. Oh, well. Anyway, so that brings us <laughs> On that happy note, guys. <laughs> We're gonna do. Let's do a more fun one for the Patreon exclusive. So yeah, we're we gonna will. we're gonna record a Patreon exclusive after um, this rec- recordation. This recordation. And um, we're hoping to do something a little bit more optimistic. And jazzy. And jazz. Okay. We we don't know what we gonna talk about, <laughs> but we are gonna have jazz hands. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it it's, out. We're gonna do something more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to join us on Patreon for extra episodes mm-hmm. every month, join us. It is patreon.com slash the savage podcast. You also get every episode a week earlier than yeah. everybody else. And you also get every episode ad free. So that's and good. And ad too. free, guys. Yeah. Okay. I know YouTube be pumping out those ads. Oh, goddamn. YouTube be a sensation. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> an ad sensation. ad sensation. It'd be like that social well, dilemma popping out I mean, those ads. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Exactly. Okay. We live in a capitalist world. We got to make the money. Exactly. God, and we got to keep growing. <laughs> We got to grow and, and oh keep growing God. and growing and growing. Oh, God. What are we going to do? It never ends. Anyways, guys. So on that happy note. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's let's end on a positive note. What are your positive takes from this? I mean, one of the positives is that, you know, we can reverse some of this if we work hard enough. <laughs> yes. That's a positive. I think that's something that that's a good thing to think of is like we can start reversing some of this change. Yes. So I think that's a positive. That is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Okay. If we have maybe another 20 years mm-hmm. before like it hits the, uh, what do you call it? Point of no return. Yeah. Then my, my hope, okay. Is that people our age or even younger are going to become in power. Mm-hmm. And you know, we are a lot more woke in terms of this environmental issues. Yeah. Yes. There are people around our age or even younger that might be in denial, but I don't yeah. think that num- that number is that big. Yeah. So I think most people, young people are actually, on board with this climate, you know, trying mm-hmm. to better this environment. Exactly. So if we have like, I don't know, 20 years and we have some good people in power, mm. potentially there is a smidgen of hope. Exactly. <laughs> and you'd have to have that in every single country across the world. Daniel, why you be the <laughs> pessimist? I, I be trying to be the optimist. So you know all those corrupt countries and every, well, every, co- Daniel, every country. Daniel, we going to have to start a revolution. Oh, a a glo- worldwide revolution. A global revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the Black Lives Matter protests. Maybe we can do something like that with the environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to think of something. Mother we'll Earth matters, you know? Yeah. God damn. God damn. We, we should go out there with the picket signs. God damn. Anyways, anyway, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. Make sure to give us a little like if you're watching on Instagram. On Instagram. God damn. Yeah. On YouTube. Um, yeah. If you are listening on iTunes, give us mm-hmm. a little rating. Mm-hmm. Five stars. Yeah. And... Uh, Look how cute we are. Yeah. And yeah, let us know what your thoughts were. And that's it. Yeah. Bye guys. Bye guys. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye. <you>. Bye. <laughs>